What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vintage and Stuff with your host, Drew Heifetz. That's me. I'm sitting in the Saga Motor Hotel. It's a Sunday night. Just finished up the Rose Bowl. It's February. It was a rainy, rainy day. It poured on us. We got soaked today. But you know what? We made it till about 1230 before it happened. So we still had a pretty decent day out there. Thanks to everyone who came out and supported as always. Thanks to everyone who's listening to this podcast. If you haven't gone and left me a review on iTunes, please do it. I would really appreciate it. There's only five reviews on there, and I know hundreds of you are listening to this. So please go leave me a review and also subscribe. All right. It is the end of a very busy February Rose Bowl weekend here in California. We had the Rhodium on Thursday. We went to Inspiration. Um, Saw tons of friends this trip. It's been pretty fun. And I had on the show Zach and Wes from Tucson, Arizona. They stay in the saga right next to me, actually, the room right beside me. So I um, was getting pretty sick of them by the end of this trip, to tell you the truth. (laughs) But we had them on the show. And uh, good dudes. Talked about a bunch of fun stuff. Um, By the way, if you ever do come to the Rose Bowl and you need a place to stay in Pasadena, stay at the Saga Motor Hotel. Tell them Drew sent you. It's a good spot. They got a nice pool. The beds are okay. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. What do you think? What up? Excited. Where are we? We are in the good old Saga Motor. Chilling in the Pasadena with the homeski. So why are, why are we here at the Saga Motor Hotel? Mm. I don't know. I got lost. Figured it was a good place to chill for a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Do you like it here at the Saga? Yeah, it's cool. The bed's comfy? Yeah, good. Good company. Good <laughs> hotel. It's close to a, <laughs> the beds suck. It's yeah. close to a 7-Eleven, so that's nice. It is, but that 7-Eleven is a weird one because they don't even sell liquor or anything. But they sell hot food there, so you can go, you know, watch old ladies get hot tacos and, you know, fried chicken on a stick and you see get what a happens. Hot dog? Oh, no, not a chance in hell. Oh, yeah, because you don't eat meat. No, but have is. you ever heard the uh, taquito 7-Eleven deal where you put the taquito into the hot dog bun and then you cover it with chili? No. Mm, nope. That sounds highly real. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like diarrhea is on the way. That sounds, that sounds like no fun. <laughs> that was my homeboy Pete. That was his That was his uh, 7-Eleven deal. You can keep oh, that 7-Eleven no. deal. <laughs> Pete, I hope you're still alive. Right. I've been sure okay. a store that has stories. Okay. So 
Zach, a.k.a. GC Zach. We got Wes in the house, a.k.a. Erratic. So, you boys are like brothers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, good buddies. Been knowing each other for fucking, God, like 15, 17 years. Yeah. I don't think I ever see you guys apart. Yeah. Connected up. It's hard going to California with Adam's just way way rougher. Yeah. Have you ever come to California though? <laughs> yes. Well, you came with your wife. Eh? Yeah, I come with my wife too. Nice. It's Wes or the wife, one or the other. I am his wife. He's my other wife. He's my backup in case my other wife is actually busy with my daughter. Nice. All right. So let's hear the history, boys. How'd this all start? Zach, start it out. How'd you get into the business? How'd you end up selling old dead people's T-shirts? Well, I mean, I, I grew up yard sailing in the state sailing with my mom when I was really young, you know, when I was like six, seven, eight, nine, going out looking for toys just for my personal collection and whatever. I don't even remember what my mom looked for. Fucking old lady shit, probably. What'd you buy back in those days for toys? Transformers. I was always been Even when you were young? Even when I was young, I was Transformers, G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles, you know, McDonald's toys. All the nice. shit that I was into at the time. McDonald's toys used to be rad. They, I don't think they yeah. put out good toys anymore, do they? No, I'm trash. Plastic trash. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was plastic trash. In the yeah, 90s. yeah, but it was. But at least it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Plastic cool. trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could, we could relate to it in the '90s, you know. And then, um, yeah. So you know, just I moved away and then came back and you know just kind of finding something to do and and got got back into you know old stuff. My mom got my mom got sick, so just taking care of her and just looking at a lot of the old pictures and her old stuff and. Just kind of got back into it, and, and it started catching on. And so, like when you came back, your mom got sick. You moved. You told me this the other day. You moved from back from Portland, right? Correct. Yeah. Portland to Tucson. And then when you started repicking or like started picking again, what was the first thing you picked that you were like, "Holy shit, this is like actually a thing. I can sell this stuff." Like, what was like the snow beach? Okay. I picked the the red snow beach vest. And how did like so were you into were you into the fashion at that no, point? How did you even no. know that was so I was I was you What know, year was this? Five years ago. Oh, it was like mad recent. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, but hey, you're like a you're like a rookie he's in the a game. Baby in this shit. I mean it took a break, so but yeah, I mean so like five, six years ago, you know, I was more into the toys than I was the clothes. So when I started getting into the clothes and, and selling to Robbie and dealing with Robbie and working with Robbie you know, when I when I started learning about polo and, and other stuff, he was one of the first things was told was it, if it says Snow Beach, buy it. You know, so um, yeah, just lucked out walking into a thrift store day one day, day after day, walking around the flea market looking for something that says Snow Beach and never finding it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this sucks. Well, it's funny. no, it was literally like last probably a month or two after he told me about Snow Beach, and I and I and I walked into the uh, to a Goodwill and it was. Uh, one of the things hanging on the end of the rack. So it was literally just saw this, the, what did it say? Beach on the front on that one. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's what he says. And I pulled polo and snow beach and, and it's, what was it? Like six ninety nine or something like that. I was like, oh, it's got some stains. I better go see if I can talk the price down, you know, see if I can get it cheaper. Classic Zach style. And, uh, talking a six ninety nine vest down. Holy so Zach. I, and so I ended up getting it for, <laughs> I ended up getting it for four ninety nine, And I literally, it was like, I didn't know too much about it. So I literally just threw it in the back of my car I didn't even think about it and was just driving around. I think on IG I posted a picture of the crest and then like it, later I checked on IG and I was like, oh, okay, I have like 48 fucking instant messages or whatever, you know, and I was like, I guess this is all right. So did you sell it to, did you sell it to, uh, to um, Slobby? No, I sold it to, I think it's Sun City. He was a big polo collector. Was, was Slobby pissed? 
No, no. I mean, I, I, I kicked Sloppy some of the, the money I sold it for since he told me about it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, nice. Yeah, if I wouldn't have kicked it if I got the knowledge from him. So I thought it was only right that that I, you know, I kicked him some of the cash. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I sold it. I got it in the morning for five dollars and sold it that night for thirteen hundred. Yeah, that's sick. Good slip. Yeah, I was. I mean, <laughs> I definitely wasn't mad. You can't be mad at that. And no. that, that two dollars you saved, bargaining him down, made all the difference. Hey, that got me a bottle of water and some fucking Rolos. So <laughs> can't even buy a coffee for that. Okay, Wes, let's hear your story. How did you get in this shit? Dude, I used to wear lots of rock shirts and shit back in high school. What bands? What bands were you into? Uh, I was into the Misfits. Sick. Really into Marilyn Manson for sure. That's like my main shit. But, yeah. Typo Negative. Typo Negative. Sepultura. Danzig. Nice. Hanson. Pantera. You know. Move in here. We need, we need audio. All that good stuff. Pretty much all, all kinds of stuff, really. But yeah, and then uh, it was him. He was the one that hit me up and was like, "Yo, I just I just got a five dollar vest and I sold it for thirteen hundred dollars," and that's what made me go, "What? Like, where where the fuck did you find this? Just at like any thrift store?" It made me like pique my curiosity big time. And ever since then, like we've just been hitting up swap meets everywhere. Thrifts everywhere, really. Yard sales. Did you guys have jobs at this time? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Doing? We were working at the same spot, delivering, doing doing delivery stuff. medical shit. Like to pharmacies or something. Or yeah, what? like hospitals, pharmacies, mm-hmm. picking up, dropping off home. And then how long was it before you quit that shit? Uh, he quit it a lot sooner. Yeah, because I jumped to the G- generation cool. You know, once I got into it. <laughs> I had a lot of time to pick, so I was picking good, and I was having really good luck finding stuff and making money, so um, that's when I linked up with Slobby at Generation Cool, and then uh, became a part of that team. But I thought you only became a partner of that, like, recent. No, I mean, GC's been a thing for, I think, five or six years, and I jumped, I started working there before I became part of owner, so I worked there for probably a year and a year and a half before I jumped in okay. as part of the ownership. So I learned the ropes. I learned a lot more about vintage from Robbie because he's got like a really good base of info on a lot of stuff. And then I mixed that with the stuff that I like to learn about, which is a little bit different than the stuff that he's really into. So I had a really good base and was able just to, you know, to, to get by on that stuff. Um, you know, I tried to record a podcast with Slobby. Heard it went great. Yeah, it went awesome. <laughs> Totally reverbed out. That computer you guys have at GC is like a, is like an antique. Yeah. I don't know if it's that, but he got fucked up. And I, I feel know. bad because it was actually really good. He actually spit a lot of great knowledge. And Robbie, I feel like Robbie comes off with his image a lot different than he actually is as a person. 100%. And like, you can, you know, you sit down and talk to him like it, it's, he's actually smart. Not that yeah, he's, he's very smart. He's knowledgeable. He knows his shit. He's like a, a qualified teacher. It's crazy, right. like what the guy the guy actually is about beyond just the image of Slobby's world. Yeah, working with kids. He's done a lot of working with kids and troubled youth, and uh, a lot of fashion stuff that might not necessarily apply to vintage, but is very you know is very relevant when picking vintage and learning about the trends and what's popular and stuff. And he, he does have a lot of general knowledge. So yeah, he's definitely a lot different when you get him outside of a camera or a group of people and you can sit down and see what he's really like. Yeah, totally. So shout out Slavi. We'll do that shit again. That was a bummer because it was a good chat. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the Slavi's world. <laughs> Slavi's world. Did it have a theme song? Uh, no, no, played. just, just general, general music. Just like some whatever intro music. I don't know if I watched the whole thing because, you know, they didn't put it on Camden Netflix. 
Well, you got to try a little harder. What's on Canada Netflix? It's in Italy. In What's like, on Canada Netflix? Like lots of stuff. Trailer Park Boys? No, That's I don't. It's in like Somalia <laughs> in Italy, so I'm sure you can find it if you put some effort into it. Well, I did watch some episodes when I was down here, so I saw some, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was dope. It was a great experience, you know, shooting a bunch of stuff, traveling. You know, we got to meet Andy Hilfiger. Um, well, not to meet him, but go do New York stuff and travel a little bit. Um, so it was cool. It was it was a good time. And did you work on it, Wes? Yeah, I was on one of the episodes. Just one? Yeah. Okay, which one? Uh, the one where I brought in a bunch of Tommy and Polo stuff. Did we see a knock at the door? I think so. Continue. The loco breaks in. Oh, so Crazy yeah. loco just knocked the door, interrupted us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the show was the show was cool. You know. It, it opened a lot of doors, brought a lot of business to the shop, to the website. I mean, the day after, I mean, pretty much like the day after that shit aired, the shop was just bonkers, you know, being in store. The website sold out, I think, over the weekend. Yeah, I heard that. That's rad. And, uh, yeah, it was great. But I want the nitty gritty, man. The nitty gritty? I want the deep and dark, Ooh. dirty secrets. Okay? I want, like, give me some strange fucking moments. Give me some, like, some weird shit that went down. Like, come on. Okay, you filmed the fucking reality show. He <laughs> fucking Robbie crossed a motorcycle on camera. So Did he? Yeah. Was that, that on, was that on the show? The episodes. A yeah. dirt bike or a motorcycle? Like a little, like a, like one of the, was it one of the Supreme ones? I, don't I think, think it was so. like one of the little Supreme ones or something like that. And it was in the shop and he like rashed it, I think. Nice. Uh, I mean, shit, we did a bunch of, we did a ton of stuff that, that we filmed that didn't even make the, that didn't make the, the cut. Yeah, so there was a party scene in Vegas or something Jace said he was at. Were you there? Um, Some, like, house party or something? I don't think I was there for that. No, so we did, we did like, me and Robbie did a whole episode, like, a whole thing where we went to this other uh, place called Gerson's in Tucson. And it's, like, uh, they do, like, use, like, building supplies and shit like that, signage and stuff. And we did, like, a thing where we, like, ran up some turf and, like, found a McDonald's sign and that whole shit got cut. We did another episode of a place called Golf and Stuff where we went to uh, it's like a golf, like a putt putt golf. Putt, yeah. They had like uh, go karts, bumper boats and shit, and we got we we rented out, we locked off the whole bumper cart or the carts, and we did like a thing where they had uh, drones filming us from up top. It was at night, and so drones filming us. Robbie started going the wrong way and driving against all of us and shit. That didn't make the cut. And so, how did the uh, putt putt like it? Did you guys have Dolphins, I don't know. You know. They got money apparently, so I'm sure they didn't care. Word. Um, but that was that was really dope. Even shooting that shit was super fun. You know, just didn't make the cut. Yeah, yeah. So there's no, any other crazy moments? It's I want some dirt, man. Well, I mean, you have. I mean, there was only because I was only in so much of it. You know, Robbie was in the most, and Robbie and Jr. were in almost all of it. Yeah. Robbie was in all of it, and Jr. was in almost all of it. But I wasn't in as much as they were. You know, if it was if it was had to do with picking. And that kind of stuff, then generally I was involved. But if it was like the lifestyle, the party and stuff, I'm, I'm a fucking old ass man. I go to sleep at 830. You know what I'm saying? They didn't need me for that. So that, that would have been where the crazy shit probably Fair happened. Game. So what's next with this show, man? We hear whispers of it's happening. Slobby says, yeah, we're going for a season. Like, is it happening? Yeah, he's got to listen to whatever Rob says. You know, I, I try not to pressure on, on that stuff because he has so much going on. I mean, he's got a thousand people hitting him up a day, you know, so just getting any of this time is you got to make it work. So I, when he when he's uh, got information to know, he'll let me know. But it says he says he's got a lot of stuff in the works. So. So tell us again, what episode were you on? What happened in your episode? Uh, I brought in a lot of my personal Tommy stuff and we did like a trade. Actually, no, I brought, I, I brought in some polo stuff to trade. Oh, yeah. yeah. How was it filming? 
be oh, honest, was, cool. was it weird being on a reality show? Uh, they, yeah, it they, was a little weird. Did they like, make you like say your lines again, or did they like let it actually happen? No, it was like. It, it was pretty much like how you would think. Like some stuff didn't work and you had to like reshoot it. But Because I mean, like how I would think a reality show would go is like they tell you exactly what to say most of the time. Because I've, I've filmed Pretty much. But like also you got to think like how, mu- how much reality are you, you going to be able to film that's going to be worthwhile and like watchable. You know what I mean? You almost have to like plot some stuff out because if you're just sitting there and recording, like who's going to watch like some transactions and then like some dude buy some baseball cards and then like – you know, you gotta like. Uh, yeah, I suppose, but it's like if you record enough, you can you can edit down to a, yeah, good, but a good level. But for yeah. like to do and get enough stuff, you're gonna have to like I don't know, figure something out to go and do fun or yeah. you know, it's tricky reality TV. Yeah, it's yeah, not, it's not all scripted. You know, it's you know, it's more like set the scene and see what happens. And if it you know if it doesn't happen, then try it again. Something similar. Word. Word. Yeah, like how much how much reality is gonna there going to be? There's gonna be a lot of scripting and stuff. So, do you guys think there's gonna be more reality shows popping up uh, in the vintage realm? Mm, yeah, that'd think. be interesting for sure. Have I think you heard so. anything? Live at the bins. Live. Oh, dude, <laughs> that'd be sick. Yeah, it would bin be. Fights, bin fights. It would wars. be. Bin fights. Bin wars. So it'd be old Mexican ladies pulling fucking Abercrombie and Fitch from two years ago, selling it for a quarter. And, and then it'd be a bunch beast. of, and then it'd be a bunch of uh, pickers looking when they pull like a Selena, and so and they just put it in their pile because it's just a cute shirt, and everyone's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> it's a terrible show. Yeah, that would be a never watch that. Two out, two out of three stars. I'm in, dude. Like American Pickers is like one of the number one shows, dude. Right. <laughs> I hate watching it because they never pick clothes. You know, it's like they, there's some episodes. Oh, yeah, there is. There are some big episodes. A, there's a couple, but there's plenty where it's like they're just like walking by clothes. And I'm like, oh, that's probably more than that fucking twelve dollar motorcycle part you just bought. You're gonna sell for thirty dollars. But don't I, worry about that. Don't worry about that. Well, you know? what's the guy's Mike Wolf is the main guy. Yeah, he wears dope vintage. Yeah, like, he's got good sure. style. Yeah, and he definitely picks it. I think they edit out a lot of the stuff because they can't show everything they pick. Right. And also, I think when. They pick something where it's like ten bucks and it's worth like a thousand. Right. They don't show that shit because yeah. they don't want to piss off the other the other people they're gonna buy from next. Because right. then nobody would sell to them. Right. They have to keep it like looking yeah. like they're paying up. Right. I, had, I had a guy the other day get pissed off at me and asked me if I've ever seen American Pickers, and I said yeah. And he said, oh, I don't like those kind of people. They rob people, and was like literally chasing me out of his store for trying to buy shit. Oh my god. Bro, it was That's wild. like the horror fucked up mentality. It's like, you have a store here. Do you want to sell it to me or not? If somebody comes to me and they buy for my price and they can make double, right. good for them. Fucking go for it, dude. Right. Yeah. Fucking power yeah. to you, man. Who, like, who I think fuck, it's awesome. After you sell something, are you really going like, to track yeah. it down and make sure that it, like you didn't get... Like, <laughs> if it's my price, do whatever you want. Well, like who cares? If, who cares? You, if you want the highest price, then you need to put the effort in to get the highest price. Right. You got to understand. Like If you see something selling on for $180 on eBay... Then you need to put on eBay to get the hundred dollars. And if someone's not going to give you hundred eighty bucks and you want it, well, then you got to get the effort to get it somewhere yeah. else. Or like get yourself set up in a scenario where you have the clientele that will pay that. Right. Totally. Like have a curated yeah. selection, or be like the coolest T-shirt guy, or whatever right. you need to do. But like, right. it's if someone's going to pay my price, I'm fucking stoked, man. Right. And then who gives a shit what you do with it afterwards? Right. I mean, if you, if you especially since most ninety percent of us paid a dollar for it, or we paid her three dollars. Only $5. you pay a dollar for it, dude. <laughs> Well, let's get this straight on air right now. You're the only guy that pays a dollar well, for I'm it. I'm sorry that none of y'all going to yard sales, you know. 
Dude, a yard sale in Canada? Like, I don't, nobody ever has anything for a dollar. I'm probably copping shit for fucking a dime in Tucson, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah the border so in Mexico. Dude, I'm, that's Legit. what I'm saying. So that brings me to my next thing. Like, Tucson is like it's oh, – well, first of all, Arizona in general is like a fucked up bubble of the world. Right. You're like this place where people go to die. Yeah. People go to avoid the snow. Yeah. Like Everything you're it's saying. It's all fucking right. desert. They and bring like, their snow beaches. Is, is the Grand Canyon in Arizona? Yeah, northern yeah. Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So, like, talk about the weird bubble you guys live in because it's fucked. Bro, it's Things fucked are a dollar at yard like sales. The, yeah, it's like the denim capital of the world. No way. For, no, for sure. But well, like, for, like, what does that for, mean? like, old Levi's? They manufactured it there? or No, well, just we're in the wild, wild west. They sold yeah. it there for it's, a very And it's also time. dry, so right. if it was stuck in a mine or an abandoned fucking building, it wouldn't it's have been rotted. Go. Yeah, it's good to go. They exactly. sold a pair of ones that they took out for, like, $120,000 or something. Like from Arizona? Yeah. In a, from a mine? Uh, no, they, it was in, like, a time capsule. They took it out of, like, this old guy had a time capsule and put a bunch of stuff in there from, like, 1890. Oh, like, like that's wicked. You know what yeah. you do that in school? Like, you literally fill yeah. a thing, yeah. bury it in your yard, and have yeah. a pop- it was that. Yeah, they, no shit. Dude, but it was just a, it wasn't buried. It was just like a family time capsule. Yeah. Okay. And so the it was a big size too. It was, it a was big, like dead stock. Dude, now that you say that, I bet if I went to my childhood house, I I buried one somewhere. Yeah, dude. for sure. Probably has like a Ninja Turtle in it or something. <laughs> right. Some broken GI Joe. <laughs> I mean, so give me the story. I want the story. Dude. Yeah, man. They just did like a uh, a time capsule. They just buried it. Or I don't even know if they buried it. They just, just had it, like, it in their somewhere. shed or something and then took it out. And then was, uh, I mean, the patch was still nice. It's like some of the oldest Levi's they have on, like, document and record. What and, is but it? they were huge. They were huge size. And on the inside, it was like, you know, in the pocket where it's like Levi's, 126 years. It was like Levi's. 15, 17 years. 15 years, years of, of excellent denim making or some shit. Right. It's like, oh, okay. So where did you hear this on the news? Yeah, it was on the news. Yeah, it, was, it was on national, like, the yeah. Arizona. I mean, at least, at least local news. It yeah. was, yeah. That's sick. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so too, what else about what else, what else cool happens in Arizona? Yeah. I mean, it's dope. Swap meets. Well, I mean, it's nice because you can pick you can pick all year round because of the temperature. You know, there's not going to be there's rarely a weekend where temperature affects anything as far as like swap meets, yard sales, estate sales, like that. Generally, 52 weeks a year, you have something to do and go pick, which is great compared to the East Coast, the North, where you're dealing with a lot of snow. Three months of winter where people aren't going to do yard sales and that kind of shit. But yeah, you know, we have yard sale season. It's like spring, right? And we have it's, it's, like, it's like it's like open up the garage and finally sell the shit that we've been sitting on all winter, right? And whereas whereas it's year round in Tucson, so you know you're always you're always able to do shopping. Old people are always dying down there, so you just always nice. get to go pick their shit. Yeah, so that's true, man. The snowbirds come down, they retire, they die. They bring their snow beach to. We that. buy their old clothes, yeah. we sell them. Right. You know, and we're, we're and we have we have a military base, so military. We had a lot of military coming through. Oh no! Uh, What's the military base called? Uh, Davis Mountain Air Force Base. So we, you know, we got a lot of a lot of pilots, that kind of stuff. Um, we got the U of A there, so there's generally a lot of good college stuff, U of A gear that comes through. Um, and like I said, we're a retirement community, so we'd lots of old people just come and just bring all their shit and fucking die here. So give us like a day in the life. Like you guys both are doing this. You have, you don't have a job, right, Wes? Mm, full time. <laughs> okay, full time picker. Dan, Wes, go day in the life. Uh, what? I go to Ben's probably two, three times a week. Okay. What do you do the other days? Um, swap meets, like Friday and Saturday. Do you have, me, like, do you have like a guy. day at the bins? You're like, this is the hot day, or is it doesn't matter? Uh, it doesn't really matter. It just matters, I guess, when you get there, most of all. But the Tucson bins aren't too overran with people yet, so it's still pretty good picking, I guess. Give me, your, give me, give me like your number one pet peeve of the bins. 
number one pet peeve is people uh, taking all the carts and getting like three carts full of shit and just putting their carts on the side. And then when you go in there a little bit later, there's no fucking carts. So you have and to do they actually the buy the, all the stuff or do they no, just hoard it no, and then no, take they, it later? A lot of it, I've seen them just hoard it and sit it on the side and then when, in the end they'll go through it and then throw most of it back, which is just like the most annoying shit of all time. <laughs> and then they, they sometimes they don't let them do that and then sometimes they do. So, Zach, day in the life. Day in the life? Mm. God, get up at 5 o'clock. Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. <laughs> Dig, dig, dig through your tank top drawer to find your tank top of the day. <laughs> Bro, what do you think of me? I took it out the night before. Oh, you lay it out. Yeah. Okay, you lay it out. Okay, okay. Um, bong hits. Okay. A uh, little bit of family time. Take the daughter to school. That's rad. You do that every day? Uh, three or four days a week. Nice. Yeah, you know. Good and, for you, man. Respect. Oh, yeah. All day, buddy. <laughs> family first. Um, you know, if it's a shop day, then I do a little picking on the way to the shop. And then come home. So uh, how many days a week are you in the shop? Three. Oh, you're three days in the shop. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh no way. Yeah. You're like never posting on your Instagram from the shop. Yeah. What the fuck? Just, That's I why. Never, I, I why never don't post, you promote the shop? I oh. never post the Instagram from barely anywhere. Oh, I, I don't I post. Well, I post maybe once a week. Okay. Why? Oh, he finds all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, I say it's available generation. Cool. Hey, man, y'all fuck up. Y'all ganging up on me over here. <laughs> That's what the podcast is about. Uh, There's no hold bar. Uh, no hold barred. Um, That's what uh, I should call it, actually. I mean, a, a typical picking day is like wake up at four or five bong hits, go out, hit the yard sales, estate sales at like five, six a.m., come back, hit some thrift stores, a little bit of family time, meet up with him, go to the, go to the, the, the swap in the afternoon. And then maybe the bins, if it's slow at the swap, and then the, and the swap again after the bins. And Damn. Then, and then for the cleanup. a <laughs> busy day, man. Holy. You got to grind, bro. That's wild. So what's your number? What, you I, I want the, your top three pet peeves in the vintage biz. Top three. Could be pet, anything. Top three pet peeves. Yeah, in what, the really, what really grinds your gears? Uh, picking up wet stuff in the bins. I gotta say oh, that. Yeah. That's, that's that's number one. What is this liquid? Pee? Coca Cola? Juice. Yes. Um, Juice. Um, number two would be people that that people that just fucking give you the runaround. Like people that like have something. People that have something that they know you want, but they're not willing to work with you to get it to you. You know, I think a lot of this vintage community is. You know, uh, people knowing that you like this, so I want to try and get this to you. You know, if you like Metallica tees and I get a cool Metallica tee, I'm gonna try and get you Metallica tee. I'm gonna get you a pa- I might get if I get good Patagonia stuff, it's going to you. You know what I'm saying? If I get Thank Marilyn, you appreciate that. Yeah, and if I get good Marilyn Manson stuff, it's obviously going to him. So there's a few people that get. You know, there's a few people on my list that have got stuff that I wanted, and I'm, I'm down to make more than fair trades. Give them more than what their shit is worth, and and they're and they're just not willing to make it happen, or they they think they're getting taken in, in a trade or taken advantage of or whatever. And it's like, it's like if half of this, you gotta, you gotta know what you have. You gotta know what your shit is worth, what you can get for it, what you're into it. And, and if you don't know that, then what are you even fucking doing in this game? You know what I'm saying? If you're picking shit and you're just hoarding it and not selling it, not cause you like it, but just cause you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's terrible. The attachment thing. It's like people need to, unattach themselves with the product. If you're in a business of any, any inventory business, you cannot be attached to it. 
it's like the whole like don't get high off your own supply right. thing, right? Yeah. Well, there needs to. Well, I mean, there there has to be limits to things. Well, like, you, well, you can collect, right? But that's separate from what you're selling, and don't mix the two. Right. Well, and, I mean, and I collect some of the stuff that I sell, but you have to balance it. You can't. So like, like for me, for picking for the store, like I collect some of the stuff I sell at the store, but I can't collect everything from that that I would sell at the store because I still got to give stuff to the store. You know, it's like just because you collect. Uh, like if you collect Metallica tees, it doesn't need 75, 75 of the same Metallica tees. Dude, if you get one, then you got yeah, one. Just let, let it go. You know what I'm saying? Let the, if you get another one, then part with it. Yeah, but it's also like it, it more flows down to Instagram. If you have a page and you're posting like all these things, you're not differentiating like this is personal or this is like for sale, but you're a sale page. Right. It's fucking annoying. Yeah. It's fucking sure. annoying. I couldn't agree more. Like for my sure. page is basically not for sale. Because right. I just I'm yeah. I don't care I have other businesses. Well, you have other pages too. Yeah, and yeah. like my Frankie and whatever, and I'll sell the bowl. I don't care. And I'll I'll do a story sale and I'll say like this stuff's for sale, but most of the stuff I post is not for sale. It's just a mixture of it, and yeah, it's etiquette. But you're right. People need to learn. They need. But people, while the learning, how to learn how to run this business, and how to learn about this business is by selling things as you go and learning as you go. And right. you're, you're never going to get top dollar when you're learning and you shouldn't, and you shouldn't try to be getting top dollar when you're learning because you don't, it's like, that's how you learn. Well, you, you don't have the knowledge to back it. Yeah. Like, why is this worth that much money? Well, cause I saw it selling on eBay. That's not good enough. Why did it sell on eBay for that much money? Well, it was really hard shirt. They only put it at a couple concerts in the 1990s. You know what I'm saying? It was a short run. They only released it at this London store at this one opening. You know, if you got to, you got to be known. It's hard, especially when so many of the kids that are selling this stuff didn't live through the through the generations that we did. You know, a lot of us are in the late 30s, 40s, getting there. We lived it. We we wore the clothes. We watched the TV shows. We played with the toys. But it's even even beyond eBay. It's like the the eBay is like the the easy go to the cop out fucking price guide for people, right? right? It's like, they're going to go on eBay. If they can't find it on eBay, then you're like, ooh, great, I can score from this kid. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, there's there's like certain pieces, right, that are like grails, we'll say, that right. are just worth a certain amount because there's so many of them out there, everyone's selling them all the time, you know what they're worth, right? right. right. But then there's like things like, this is a cool design piece and mm-hmm. I, I'm going to value it at this because I think it's fucking rad and like I know like, John Paul Gautier, whoever is going to buy it or whatever, right. like Polo is going to buy it because I think they want to copy it. And that's where the real knowledge and the real value 100%. comes into a picker because you're like, I know I can buy something that nobody cares about in the grail realm, but this shit's rad. It's right. worth money. Right. It's something nobody's seen maybe. And I'm going to go out and get top dollar for it. Right. Yeah. Knowledge, knowledge is going to get you everywhere in this business. If you don't know what you're picking, why it's worth money, who to sell it to, then it's you're not you're just hoping and praying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to build it. Do you have another pet peeve? Any other pet peeves we can? Any- uh, people that don't know how to make deals. Not only people that have old stuff, but like, you know, I mean, especially thrifters that have a shirt. If you have a shirt that you pick for four dollars and you saw a couple sell on eBay for three hundred, you know, like take two hundred, take one hundred fifty. Why are you sitting there trying to jack off and fucking make sure someone gives you three hundred dollars because you saw it sell on eBay? Like, especially if a friend's asking you or something like that. Like, be reasonable about your shit. Like, a lot of the people that I sell to and deal with outside of the store are friends, and I don't, I, I, you can't charge them full price. Like, dude, that's not what this is about. You know what I'm saying? Like, you make your money and get your money where you can on eBay. You know, you have your prime customers. But, but when you're dealing with your friends, you got to be reasonable and you got to be able to, to, to work with people. You can't just be so firm on, on your price because you saw it sell once for that price. Yeah, totally. Make your money, 
Flip it, go buy more shit. Flip it, go buy more shit. Come, That's on, come on, kids. Yeah, catch and release. You know what I'm saying? Totally. It's a flow of energy. The energy needs to go back to the universe exactly. so you can get more energy in your life. Let other people enjoy it. Dude, that's just true, man. I love it. Okay. Um, what the fuck is it with tank tops, dog? I sw- I'm a sweaty guy. I love tank tops. I just sweat a lot. so tank You're tops even are- cutting vintage t-shirts into tank tops for yourself, right? Well, just a couple. Okay. Nothing crazy. But I'm just a sweaty guy. Comfortable. I like to wear basketball shorts and sandals and fucking tank tops. Okay. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Yeah, you know. It's the best thing I've ever heard. He was wearing tank tops at Nick's a little bit ago. Obviously. Nick's on Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Nice Beverly Hills restaurant. Yes. Tank, tank top. top. Sweet. Tank top. No one said anything. They understand. <laughs> Have you worn a tank top to a wedding? If I could. <laughs> okay. If I could wear it anywhere. Sweet. Okay. I want to know um, uh, top three picks of all time. Each of you, Wes, go. Ooh, I found a stadium plates hoodie in the bins. That was really nice. Sick. Uh, I found a Fear of God denim jacket. It's Savers for like ten bucks. What did that sell for? I sold that one for a thousand bucks. Fucking Fear of God. Goddamn yeah. Fear of God. Fear of God. And then uh, probably this uh, Marilyn Manson collection that I got in Phoenix. Yeah. You got a whole collection? I got a whole collection. I got like thirteen shirts. I got a bomber jacket. I ended up selling the bomber jacket for twenty five hundred bucks. Shut up! I swear to God. The That's same, the same stock. one. The same one that I have right now. You got twenty five hundred for that? Because it eBay. was it was a tour jacket, like a. It's a ninety seven uh, Antichrist superstar tour jacket, and it said like, like was it like a person or like part of the crew or something special? Just says Marilyn Manson, huge embroidered in the back, like was, the one that I showed you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so you what, I had a dead stock. It was new tags. Like it was new. You tags. put it on eBay for how much? Like twenty five hundred. Or best offer. And someone just bought it? And someone just bought no it. No offer? No offer. Shut up. Bro, I would have sold it for a thousand bucks. Well, yeah. Yeah. But the guy, the guy just flat out bought it. And I'm so sitting there So do we call this a fluke or do we call this like that? See, that, see, that's the weird thing about eBay. Yeah. Now, are we calling this a fluke or, right. or now is that the going rate for every fucking Marilyn Manson bomber jacket? I got no. another one. Like, like, was is that what I'm going to get for that one too? There, there, there only has to be like... Who was it? Like, did you contact? Did you talk to him? <laughs> no, it was a guy in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, like he had to be like a fucking curator for a rock and roll museum. It was Lil Uzi Vert, bro. Or Stop Lil Uzi Vert, you know? <laughs> like that for sure. That's sick, dude. Good, yeah, good, good. So let's hear yours. Top three. Snow Beach, obviously. Bought that. Sold the same day for thirteen hundred. Um, I got a military prototype beer can that I sold for a thousand bucks. Tell me about that. So sick. Yeah. Okay. This is this is valuable information. We like to give people some tidbits of valuable information here. Yeah. For so sure. talk about that that pick. So uh, I went to a Swede estate sale of someone who had, had run a, like a shipping uh, business and had lived on the site. So they had like their personal stuff in the same place as their business stuff. And um, he had tons of great shit, no clothing, um, lots of military stuff mixed in. And on his knickknack shelf in his office was a, like a green beer can that was kind of like really nonchalant. Basic, all grab, all drab green with some black writing on it, and it was just kind of you know just weird with all of his toys and shit. So I looked at it, I picked it up and looked at it. it. Was from Acme Beer Company, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was just looking at it, and then my military friend was standing next to me. He's like, well, it looks like all drab. He's like, you should get that. I was like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. Got it for fifty cents, or I got like four things for three dollars or some shit, and. Uh, you know, went home and checked it out, and it ended up being a really rare prototype beer can that would have gone out with uh, military rations in World War II. It wasn't filled with liquid, it was filled with sand, 
and there's only a couple of them known to exist in the world. So I listed it and got like 900 bucks for it the, the next day after I listed it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just one of those things. So basically, if you find a beer can full of sand, yeah, look at it. Look you're, it up. you're in the money always or only sometimes? Well, I mean, that's probably you're probably going to be in money. I mean, I don't know how often that is what they did, but I mean, that's probably going to be a prototype for something. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, beer collecting is crazy. Like, the dude, I thought it was going to sell to a military Well, I collector. do know Ham's, there's like huge collectors for anything Ham's beer. Mm-hmm. Like, I and so is this Acme. Acme has a huge following, too. Yeah. And so I thought I thought a military guy was going to buy it, you know, and it was the dude that bought it was an Acme beer collector, and he was super excited to give me all that money for it. So you know, bless, right. bless his heart. <laughs> so what's your number three? Number three doesn't even have to be like maybe something you're just excited about versus like dollar value too. God, I don't know, like fucking thirteen hundred dollars worth of jock straps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So this is another valuable tidbit. No doubt. So talk about this fetish. Hey, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> you know. Uh, do you yeah, wear but, them and, and to, to try them on? And do you model them when you sell them? Uh, no, I wear them on my head, strictly in public. And then I and from the reaction I get, that's how I base the value. No, yeah, so, you know, vintage, you know, I don't I don't fuck with that loose and used shit, but vintage. Loose and you? Loose and used. I don't do loose oh, and okay. used jock straps. You okay. know, they got to be in the package, sealed and and <laughs> and, and unused, unjunked up. Oh. Um, but there's big money in some of that stuff. You can get you know easy forty, fifty bucks a piece for a lot of those. So you know, you go to an old sporting goods store or someplace that sold that shit. You know, you get them for fifty cents a piece. Crank them out for twenty. But do the y- loose and used sell? Yeah, I mean, you're more into that than I am, <laughs> dude. Loose and used. <laughs> Come on, man. So I was thinking, we need to find jock straps. Where are we going to find them? You're going to find them at old high schools, right? Is that a thing? Sporting goods stores. Well, there'd be dead stock there, but I'm looking for loose and used. I mean, wherever your local gay community hangs out, this would be a good place to start. <laughs> They're the ones buying them. They're We've the ones find who, them. Yeah, well, I mean, that means right. they use them. Well, that means they use them. Using so them. you're going to get them used But, them. like, what if you, like, found an abandoned high school and, like, went into the gym and they had a fucking big-ass bag of old jock straps. Dude, dive in. Taste the taste, you know? See how it goes. <laughs> okay. See which ones fit. Don't worry about it, you know? Okay, so the rule of thumb here, kids, is don't pass up jock straps because Never. there's money in that shit. Yes. Or Seriously. Maryland Manson shirts. Yeah, but be careful. You know, wash your hands. Don't just, like, grab stuff. And mm. especially if that's the wet stuff that you're grabbing in the bins. Ooh. Oh, you're in highly, highly. Okay, well, that brings me to my next thing. What's the gnarliest thing you guys have picked in the bins? Not gnarliest meaning disgusting. Yo, my friend found a bag of human teeth. Different. A whole bag? Like someone's like, he found, like a mom kept them the tooth fairy teeth and bro, like put it in the bins? He found two, actually. There was two bags of teeth in just a random backpack. <laughs> Took them out, walked them up and showed them to me and there were a bunch of different teeth. Like a, a, I guarantee a solid you, bag, some like bro. some like dentist like, or something. What do you call those like stores? It's oddity stores. An oddity store <laughs> would have totally just bought that for sure. I found other jars with like random teeth in them too. Weird. Yeah, with like notes and shit. But oh, I you open uh, the like grossest thing I found in the bins. Yeah. I don't know. It was probably any of that wet shit that I touched. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck beating body. Wait, did, wait, did, wait. Was it you or me that got the jeans that had a uh, the stuff inside afterwards? I think that was you, wasn't it? They have the fucking, like, the heavy the blood stains on the inside. Mm. Woodward's got a pair of jeans that, that we didn't inspect very well until too late, and uh, it was rather unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, let's do a, let's do a quick game here, boys. Word association. 
Ooh. Okay. I'm going to start with you. Tank top. Zachary. <laughs> Beverly Hills. Jesus. Zachary in Be- Zachary does Beverly Hills. Tank top. Okay. Beverly? okay. Okay. Zach. You were fucking weird. Hipster. <laughs> Hipster. What do you got on it? Um, dislike. Dislike. Okay. Do you guys use that term? Is that a term you're familiar with? It's derogatory. It's derogatory? Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, Wes, retro. Mm, such trash. <laughs> Explain it. What do you think? What is that term? What, is, what, do you, what do you think of when you hear the word retro? It, when I hear the word retro, it reminds me of a popular brand like Polo taking something like Snow Beach and bringing it back. But just doing it in such a shitty way. Yeah, so you nobody, think like repop. Right. Yeah. That just nobody it's gonna bring the value down of everything, all the old good shit and your new shit. Nobody it's just like move on, make something else. Like, yeah. You have the capability of making such cooler shit. What the fuck are you doing? Going back and just like ripping off your old concepts. Yeah, it killed the market with You've already one. done it. Like what are you doing? Zach. <laughs> sustainability. Sustainability. Uh, I'm all for like sustainability. So I mean, word association. Jesus. Um, I mean, recycling. You know, just be smart with what you use, clothing wise, food wise, packaging wise, and every sense you can be. You know, it's the only world we have, and it's really easy to be, you know, cautious about a lot of things we use and be smart about you know things that we don't need to reuse that we can reuse and not buy seventy five of the same thing. You know, clothes that are, you can be recycled, recycle it, donate it, you know, give it to a homeless person. The last thing you need to do is fucking throw it away, you know, so. Come have some respect here off the podcast. Turn off your phone. Hey. No FaceTime. Life, I have a family, bro. Is that that your family? Sure, if that makes this better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So you're, you and your family are veggie, right? Not vegan. You uh, eat bacon, so you're kind of fucked. Well, so well, so my wife is full. My wife is full vegan. My wife is full vegetarian. She does cheese too. I do uh, pepperoni and bacon, and my daughter eats whatever the fuck she wants to. Nice. Makes it easier, including candy. Uh, yes. She's a kid. She lives on candy. Okay. Um, is there a reason behind it? Is your wife, is your wife do it for the planet or for the health benefits or what? Uh, the health and it's uh, cruelty to animals. You know, that's a lot. I mean, especially if you watch those videos and like what they do to the meat, what they don't do to the meat, <laughs> like there's just so much stuff that just, that's just like off putting. Yeah. So it's hard to think about, you know? Totally. But bacon's all right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Pigs don't matter. Okay. okay. Even though they're the, the closest animal to humans. Yeah, whatever. So, um, you ha- you do like these painted, what's your little sub thing called? Your side hustle? Side hustle to a side hustle. What is it? Uh, Colors for Others? Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? Why aren't you blowing up yet? I just, I mean, it was going really well, but I took a vacation and then came back and it was just like, back of the list. So uh, I'll get back into it. I actually, Are you passionate about it? I do. I mean, I love I love doing the painting and doing the artwork, and I had a really good uh, response. So I definitely want to get back into it and do some more stuff with it. It's good to have a creative outlet. Oh yeah, hundred percent for sure. You know, uh, it's good to be able to put stuff out there. I have, my wife is a really amazing artist, so I try and help with her stuff too. Um, but yeah, that was a good. It was a. It was definitely an enjoyable time doing that, 
and seen how much everyone liked it and, and wanted to, a lot of, a lot of them sold. So sweet. Wes. Yes. Tell us something that nobody knows about you, dude. Oh man. I do some pretty crazy tie dyes. Do you? Oh, yeah. I seen them. I seen them. They're dope. Yeah. They're like, uh, interesting and like all over versus like the swirlies, the swirlies are played. Right. The swirlies are kind of played. For yeah. sure. So I've been like, doing like, like a lot of bleaching day. and stuff like that. People know that though. It's on your Instagram. We want something deeper. Ooh, something deeper. I used to be a drum and bass DJ. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's something that we have in common, right? Canadian Jumbo guys? Massive, are you in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Zach used to DJ, dude. We used, to, we used to DJ drum and bass. Crazy style. Even I did up until just a few years ago. Like, Sick. So will you still go to a party and fucking dance all night? Yeah, we went to Dillinger. Yeah, yeah we, high. Show, we showed up at 11.30, left at 1.30. It was perfect. Yeah, nice. had, had a couple drinks and then we scooted on out. Yeah, weren't... Okay, I posted something saying about where were you on the year 2000. Wasn't it you that said you were raving in LA? Yeah. Y'all used, hear this story, dog. Yeah, there The year go. 2000, oh. before most people listen to this podcast, were yeah. born. Yeah, true, bro. I used to live with Pasquale Rotella, who throws uh, Insomniac and EDC and all that stuff. So I was living with him at the time. We threw you you live with the guy who owns the, the yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. yeah, EDC. Yes, yeah, that's huge. That guy's like Multi- biggest guy. And he like, sold he sold in, half of his company. Music. He sold half of his company for fifty million dollars. Damn. And back when I was living, are you guys with him, still friends? Yeah, still talk to him. He's on Instagram. I still shout him out. He talks to me. It's nice, good, good shit. Okay, sorry. He didn't, run, story. he didn't run off. He wasn't like fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. No, but yeah, we used to. We used to uh, go to raves and shit, and uh, we hit him up, asked him if he needed any help handing out flyers, and we handed out his flyers in Arizona, and then came out, and he asked if we wanted to help him do stuff, uh, like more throwing events-wise. Nice. Yeah, we threw some events, and it was wild. It was wild. We were both so, we were both raving New Year's you different there? places. I was in I was in Arizona raving. He was in LA raving. Okay, and did you know each other at that point? No, no. But it was funny because we knew a lot of the same people, and a lot of really strange of the same people. That is really odd that we didn't meet, and we were probably went to a bunch of the same raves together, like at the same time. But we just didn't know each other. Crazy. But like 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 one of like the most cracked out drug dealers in Tucson was like one of both of our really good friends, and I was like, oh, you know him? You know him? Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, we just didn't meet until later, so. Just how it goes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the year two thousand, I was helping him throw that rave. So, to, so get it. I want like, I want like visuals of this rave. I want to know like, what kind of people were raving in LA at the year two thousand? Like, what? Who was playing at this rave? Mm. Frankie Bones. Frankie Bones was playing the midnight set. Is Frankie Bones an American? Frankie yeah. Bones is from New York. House okay. DJ. House and techno. Did the, was there a drum bass room at this rave? Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. Who was, who was playing that? Uh, Marvelous Kane. Okay. MC Five Alive. Sick. This is like before they were bringing a lot of the big UK people. So like Phantom 45 yes. and like Snuggles and Slack. They're Americans? Yeah. Phantom okay. 45 the like DJ 3D. Like Freaky Flow. Freaky Flow was Canadian. Canadian. Fuck yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, how about this? Sniper and mystical influence. Hell yeah. They were, like, they, 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 were, were, play, they, they were playing at the fucking one that we got with uh, Bad Company. And they played right before Bad Company. That was the year 2000. I saw, I saw a party called Millennium Madness where they played in Tucson. Or where they played in Phoenix right before they did that. Nice. Yeah. And also, yeah. Capital yeah, J. Was fire. Dude, you know Jesse lived with Capital J. Did yeah. he ever tell you that? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, maybe. Because when we were first talking at the Rosewell like two years ago about how we all did drum and bass and shit, the... 
Yeah, he, well, Jesse first moved to Toronto. That's he, wild. He lived with Capital J. Capital J was sick, DJ. He's fire. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking bad. Oh, yeah, he, sure. he was so good. Like, yeah. one of the scratch masters, yeah. man. Like, no doubt. Killing it. Yeah, no, Canada GNB had it on lock in the fucking early 2000s. Oh, yeah. So, like, describe the people at this party, 2000. <laughs> Bro, just some I straight up visuals. ravers, bro. It was back it's in the day. Like, what does a out. raver look like at the year 2000 in oh, LA? Uh, just, just still like kick wears. Candy bracelets. Still just like coming out of the fucking late 90s. So just candy raver style, pants. like where they wearing like fun fur, like the fur pants. Oh, and, yeah. Like, and like then like plastic chains. Plastic chains, all that Yellow shit. glass, you know, yellow see-through glasses. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. And like, were, would skaters go to parties like that too? Yeah, it was like a mix of everyone, to be honest. Okay. Anybody that liked the nightlife and like doing drugs and going out and just partying and staying out all night. Sick. So, because you helped organize this party, right? Were the I always wondered like <coughs> some of the raves were in cahoots with the drug dealers, right? Because all the money was being made on the drugs. Some, not so much. I would say a lot of the people were just coming in and bringing their own stuff in and independently selling it. Because, like, the promoters and shit didn't really have a lot to do with, like, being able to bring in a bunch of drug dealers because it wasn't them that was going to be making the money. It was the drug dealers. Yeah. So it wouldn't be, like, the promoters. What did it cost to go to a rave then? It was, like, 25 bucks, bro. Instead of, like, this this three-day shit that they're doing now, like, three days consecutively, it was one night, and that's what you got. You got one night to party. And yeah. that was it. Wait, That's why people yeah, were dying. It was starting late. It would be like 11 p.m. till like 8 in the morning. Exactly. In the morning. It was like, yeah, they'd let you in at like 8 or 9, and it would go until 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But now it's like completely different. Now it's three three I, days. I'm pretty sure like, we paid a lot more for the parties in the 90s even than 25 bucks. I'm oh, really? Sure our tickets were like... 40, 50 40. Yeah, like that's right around the time that it started going up to like 35, 40 bucks for yeah. sure. And then it started getting to like 100 around like 2005. And then it started like Eight. right now it's like three hundred bucks if you want to go to EDC for three days. Yeah, like three forty or some oh, shit. It's it's uh, I can't even imagine. I went the last like time that I kind of raved was Shambhala. Have you heard of Shambhala? Uh-huh. It's like it is a three day. Yeah, but it's like in the woods. Yeah. There's like these forests. That's sick. forest uh, stages, and yeah. there's like this like Ewok village where you can walk through the trees. Right. And right. We were actually selling there because I used to sell a lot at festivals. No shit. Yeah. How did that go? That was rad. Yeah. Like, so People buying up all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah, because we they were doing it. reworks back then. This yeah. was before Frankie, but we still were doing reworks. We right. just had a different brand name. We called it Snap back then. Sick. And then we would sell reworks. We'd sell, like, all those, like, crazy Fresh Prince hats and neon. you just save up all your neon crap. Yeah. Sell it. Hell, like, yeah, dude. It was Hell sick. Yeah. That's sick. We, yeah. and That's we, sold it, like, we sold it, like, rock music fests, too, like, typical music fests. Yeah. Um, but Shambhala was sick. I, was, I remember, like, I was kind of done raving at that point because this was, like, 2010 maybe or something and then right. I, I went and I'm like oh this is I'm like it's kind of like dreading I'm like, it's gonna suck but then I got so into it because it was just like you get back into that rave zone where like everyone's vibing but yeah. it's more about the people vibe like yeah, yeah I love drum bass music still but it's like the people are all having a wicked time yeah, it's sure. so positive it's like yeah. unless you've ever done it and been in, into like a good one you're like you can't even you can't even explain just, it really. Right, it's hard sure. to understand. Much less like the best ones. The best ones are just like. Day three, Drew's just like covered in mud with glow sticks out of his ears. It's like, <laughs> yeah, vintage clothes are fucking great, but this tree and me, we're best friends. Awesome. Oh, dude. I've been there, buddy. Totally. My kombucha over here, like, fuck. The freaking tea. Shout, shout out 7Ts, shout out guys. 7Ts. I was, I was biking today with the owner of this company. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and he got his teas into Whole Foods. Killing oh, it. fuck yeah. Big up. Fire up. Big up. Big up. Get lit. 
Chargers. So, Zach, <coughs> what is somebody, what do we want to know about you? What's like some dirty secrets in Zach's life? Dirty Go. secrets? I mean, I'm a pretty straightforward little dude. You know, I used to party and, and get faded, and then I got old after I went to rehab. Went to rehab for 14 months, lockdown, all boys facility. What year? What, how old are you? 17. Okay, crazy. How's that? Crazy. Was it, it was it was like a rehab boys military style? So no, so it was like like it, it was a combination of either sent by your parents or sent by the state. And it was a lot of kids that had, you know, behavioral issues and shit like that, drug problems, fighting problems, whatever. And it was a very like wide range of like one of the one of my friends that was there that was like from a really strict family in, in Georgia and he got he got sent there because he smoked weed. Whereas we have other oh my kids. God, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, we have other kids that were like putting their brothers in like a box and throwing them in the pool. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it was all over the board, you know? And uh, it was crazy. I mean, there's a lot of people that filed lawsuits against the place I went to. Because um, they were like hitting kids? Yeah, and, like, they, they abused kids in there. They were doing shit. I mean, um, there's a kid, I think one of the one of the dudes in there like asked to see one of the other kids, like one of the, like the, uh, the dudes running it asked to see like one of the dudes fucking dicks. One of the kids' dicks. Yeah, oh yeah, there was a bunch of shit that went down. It was crazy. It was crazy. I saw a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> and uh, and you uh, had no contact with the outside world? No. So, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. You uh, There's different levels. You know, you start at, like, the base level, and as you increase your behavior and stuff, you get to higher levels. And at the highest level, you went and stayed at a hotel every night. Oh, damn. Yeah. I didn't make it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, so I didn't – I don't think I went outside for, like, three months. Outside of a building? Yeah, I was inside, not outside of a building, inside of, uh, inside of a facility for three months straight until I got to the There's level. no courtyard? Wasn't allowed in the courtyard. What the fuck? That's how this that's how like, it set what up. what drugs did you get sent there for? Uh, ecstasy, acid, and mushrooms and weed. Okay. I was raving, you know. I was so like typical? Yeah, I was crazy. doing a lot of ecstasy, like a lot like of mushrooms. Like fucking blow or No, I've never, done, I've never done heroin, I've never done meth, I've never done any of that shit, so... Um, I mean, that's probably one of the crazier things that's happened to me was doing that and going to rehab and shit. What'd you learn in there, man? Oh, uh, I didn't need to do all those drugs. That, that, that was a, a definitely helped me increase my life expectancy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it taught me a lot about being, you know, confident in who you are and being able to make correct decisions for yourself. You know, you got to look at the longevity of your decisions who it affects, how long those effects will take place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say you're a confident man. Because you, you be. wear these tank tops confidently. Like a fucking boss. Like a boss. Right. Okay, boys. Uh, it's been like 50 minutes here, so. Sick. Killed it. Anything else you want to say to these people? You guys got any tips? We need tips for these people uh, listening. If everyone dies from the Wuhan before this airs. Wuhan clan ain't nothing to fuck um, with. Wuhan's in oh, Tucson? Yeah. <laughs> well, Wuhan's from Tucson. Let's just start with that. So what? what if know, everyone dies, say, then, yeah. then good luck listening sayonara, to this. Sayonara, people. Dead, you know? yeah. yeah. Wuhan. Truth. Told you. Okay. You got any business tips for these people out in the world? Don't, don't, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, if you go out and you just buy shit to buy shit, you're stupid. Don't buy shit unless it's worth reselling. If I go out, sometimes I go out two, three days in a row and I don't buy anything, it's not a problem. That just means I didn't see anything that was valuable or worth making money on. And so you don't feel like, if I go out, I don't feel like I need to buy something just to buy something. Yeah, so and the lesson is 
know when to walk away. Right. Don't get it, looped into buying junk. Especially if you're a young kid, because then you're going to end up with a fucking whole room full of shit you can't sell, and then you're out of the game. You know? You're stuck with 300 shirts that you bought that no one wants and you can't sell, and you certainly don't want to list a fucking $8 shirt on eBay, let alone 300 $8 shirts on eBay. Hell no. Yeah, so that's that's my biggest thing, is don't, don't just buy shit to buy shit. Be smart about your buying. What about you, Wes? That's about it. Yeah? I would say the same shit. Make sure you uh, are paying attention to what you're buying. Okay. I think that's like the best thing. We need a challenge, boys. We need to think of a challenge. A challenge? Okay, I like to throw out challenges to the people. So, you got any ideas? Yeah, challenge everyone to wear a fucking tank top this week. Uh, okay. Yeah, take that. It's winter. Yeah, do that. That's what's a challenge. It's a challenge. I don't know if I have that many fans in Arizona, dude. I can't yeah, do that in I'm, summer. I'm in California right now wearing a tank top. Okay, I got farmers Come up with a better bro. challenge than the tank top challenge. Ooh. Challenge everyone to buy stuff and sell it to me for cheap. <laughs> <laughs> challenge everyone to give me a five dollar rack. Five dollar rack. I know the five dollar rack. You see Zach, king of the five dollar rack. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, challenge. Oof. Okay, mm. you got any ideas? Any ideas? I don't. Zach, any ideas? Dog, what's wrong with my challenge I just told you? Ugh, Damn, you on. hate me in my tank tops. Um, tank tops might come back in style one day, but at this point, I'm, I'm not sorry. For it. I'm sorry. I, I, I challenge everyone to, to fucking go to a yard sale. Stop going to the goddamn thrift stores and go into the fucking the bins and go to a yard sale and buy something. Okay, this is a good challenge. I like this idea. That so, is... What do you think? Uh, that's good. Yeah, go to a yard sale. Okay, it's winter, so you might, some people might have a hard time doing this. Yeah. But before, okay, so that's the challenge. Go to a fucking yard sale. Tag us in it. Tag us. You go to a yard sale. Post it. Tag us in it. We yeah. want to know that you're like doing something different. You got to think outside the box if you want to win. Okay. But on that note, let's hear some tips on other places to pick besides a thrift store, besides the bin. Go. Biggest list you can make right now. Estate sale. Estate yeah. sales, Estate yard sale? sales, flea markets. Craigslist. Yeah. What else? Um, talking to your parents' friends, talking to your friends, you know, going to old businesses that have been around your city for a long time to see if they have old stock. 7-Eleven employees. <laughs> um, what have you got off a 7-Eleven employee? Old 7-Eleven shirts. Snickers. <laughs> Snickers bars. The homie oh, yeah. got some old 7-Eleven shirts. Okay. They're like, it's like Gucci oh. print. Pretty wild. That was the best. Yeah, yeah. Start picking at 7 Eleven. <laughs> Start picking at 7 Eleven. Okay, that was a good list, though. We came, up with, we came up with 10 options there for picking. Uh, that's pretty wild. Well, pretty good. Any shout outs? I have one last question, actually. Shoot. Who or. So you kind of gave your histories, but would you would you give any one person a shout out for like getting you in the biz? I guess Wes, you'd be shouting out him, right? Him and Robbie, for sure. Okay. Him, him and Robbie both. Um, I'd shout out my mom and Robbie because my mom got me into it originally and, and got the love for me built at a young age. And then uh, definitely for Stobby for opening Generation Cool and bringing it to make it a lot more local and to be, you know, make it easy to be a part of it, you know, as opposed to a lot of cities that didn't have a vintage store five, six, seven years ago, you know, catering to the needs that, that the GC has been for so long, like you guys have, that not a lot of people have been. Yeah. Yeah. There was no other store buying really like the kind of vintage that we were picking too at the time. It was like a big, a big help to get like a store that came along and had some more to go and like buy your stuff, you know? And talk, I mean, talk about it, sell it, talk about it, deal, hang out with other people sure. that were in the game, you know? Totally. Right. Yeah. Shout out Generation Cool. Shout out, shout out Drew. Shout out, shout you're out, a, you're out a good Drew. guy. Doing the podcast. Thank you guys. Selling it up. 
Okay, I think we're done. Yeah. Right, Cheers for being Cheers. on. Cheers. Cheers for being on. Woo. Thanks for everybody for listening. Hell yeah. Go leave me a goddamn review. If you're actually listening to this right now, it means you've listened to us for an hour. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe and give me a goddamn review. Woo-woo. Peace. Peace.